episode four. Um, I'm Marco. And I'm Connor. And who are you? Claire Shin. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's you, Claire Shin. I think I'm the only Claire. Yeah, so we have the Claire matter, Shin, PGY2, yeah. here at UIC. All right, Claire. Uh, we're going to start off with some basic intro stuff, okay? All right. You ready? Yeah. You seem ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, where'd you go to med school? Uh, I went to University of South Carolina. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what year are you currently? I'm a PGY2. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And then um, what, do, what do you hope to do in the future? Um, gastroenterology. Oh, she said yeah. the full words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people are just like GI. Oh, really? Oh, academic. Oh, so academic. Academic. <laughs> You are really academic. I like that. Okay. Uh, um, so what do you like to do in your free time when you're outside of the hospital? Mm, I like to go for a run. Like outdoor, not like indoor. And then I like to cook. And then I like to... Before pandemic, I used to go to like yoga classes and hit classes. Um, then like try new restaurants with friends. Yeah. And I will say that so most people are like, oh, I go for runs or oh, I like to cook. Well, Claire actually runs uh, a lot. You run lots of miles. And then on top of that, to. your her Instagram account... What is it again? What's the... Claire Cooks. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It is, like, incredible. Uh, she is incredibly talented. Um, and I still haven't tried it. Yeah. I, I, I want to try it. <laughs> someday. It looks delightful. Yeah, so you're, like, at how many followers do you have? Uh, is that what only 120. 120? Yeah. Is that good? I don't know. I, I don't really know either, <laughs> but... The food looks delicious. There you go. I didn't know that. It's what I miss when I don't have uh, social media. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Connor, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, so I, you know, we like to kind of go in a little mm. bit um, to think back to what it was like before starting uh, mm. intern year, especially for a lot of the incoming mm. PGY1s. So if you kind of put yourself back into the shoes of a, a fourth-year med student, what were you excited for and what were you mm-hmm. what were you worried about before coming to UIC mm-hmm. I think I was mostly worried about um going to a new place where because essentially I wanted to be near my family which is New Jersey and then that's what I was mainly worried about going to a place without you know family members but looking back it turned out okay because um, I made friends in residency and then you know they kind of became my family so at all at the end it didn't matter because I turned out to be a sociable person but um you say that like a surprise <laughs> like <we met> before. <laughs> yeah i think it's all about like you finding like your group group of friends and just keeping yourself busy and then what i was also worried about was um just you know starting working but honestly i feel like medical school was so tough for me i always tell my med student like i hated my third year i hated my fourth year having to like please all these people you have no idea what they're thinking and you just like aim to like get a's and to you know match this place that you want to go so all at the end like you as a resident you're doing what you wanted to do and you're actually doing work than doing like sit down and like doing all these questions and try to like please people so not as a resident you don't really have to like please people but you just have to do your work and just like i don't know it's just just do your work. You don't have to be, like, super smart. You just have to, like, you know, just be motivated and just, like, get your work done, you know? Yeah. I hated M3 year. M3 year was tough. Yeah. I'm not a hoop yeah. jumper. Um, mm-hmm. 
It yeah, was, Marco, you're not a hoop jumper. Yeah, I that. just, like, I, I will not do something I don't like to yeah, do. Yeah, it's like, you got to be the go-getter. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a go-getter. I'm like, when someone tells me to do stuff, then I do really well. But I'm not the person who, like, goes out of the way and just be like, I'm going to do this first before all of you guys. You know, I'm not like that. Mm. So, yeah. Huh? And go. so, and so after, mm-hmm. so that was M three or M four year. You're 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 talking about your expectations, your worries. Um, talk us through the first couple months of intern year and how that mm-hmm. was for you. What what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Kind of what were your initial impressions of UIC? Mm-hmm. So, wait. The first question is like, what was my like first experience as an intern? Yeah, like the yeah. first couple months. How how did that go for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was busy. Uh, it was super busy, but um, I met like a bunch of people, which was like a lot of like stimulus, um, just like meeting all these people, um, getting to know each other. It was just like starting like another medical school-ish, um, but at the same time, like you're like supposed to do work and you're supposed to learn, and now you have this thing called like a team mm-hmm. um, instead of like being the bottom of the hierarchy like I was like actually like getting the attention that I yeah yeah (laughs) you're like doing the work and you're getting the attention from the attending and your seniors and you're kind of like the semi like center of attention Mm -hmm. and um I I I enjoyed it and it worked well for me because again like I'm not a person who like go I'm not a go-getter like if you ask me to do stuff I do I do it um and Work hour wise, I think it was not bad. Um, I don't know. I'm just like I'm super energized person to begin with. Um, so that was okay. And then my impression with UIC was um I um I mean it's definitely like busy service, but I do like that there's a lot of residents. It's not like a small residency where there's only like a ten people you get to know, but it was like a large like fifty people. So I like and it was, it was pre COVID too. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pre COVID. Yeah, we just hang out and have fun. <laughs> right. And then yeah, and like, then and then COVID yeah. happened. Yeah, that's that was but that was different, but, but I mean we were already like friends with each other our residency people so um obviously like you're not supposed to like hang 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 out but you know small group we still like hung out so um yeah it didn't i feel like our it didn't really affect our class that much yeah in terms of like having relationship with each other yeah so what would you say uh that first year is the biggest challenge first year the biggest challenge um time management I would say um like I know so my for me priority was getting enough sleep um that was my priority because like working eating um sleeping well and then um because when you're on work you only get one day out of like a week and like utilizing that time really well was important for me like on a day off like I would try to do like a lot of fun activities to kind of de-stress myself so i think like de-stressing is important yeah and that's that's like the running and the mm-hmm. yeah so on my day off i went skills. for a run and then on a day off i like invited people and cooked and like Great. spent time with people yeah and then um how how long do you think it takes to get kind of accustomed to being an intern Mm, I would say three, four months. Yeah. 
And that was all mostly time management or what? Mm, just getting used to the workflow and the yeah. system um, and just being good at what you're doing. Yeah. Because like first month, first and two months is like kind of, you don't know what you're doing-ish. Um, but I think by the week one, you kind of know, mm-hmm. get an idea. But you're still like asking around seniors. And then I think like by month four and five, you start to, you know, be a little bit more confident at what you're doing. So you're like less stressed about it and you know what to ask and you know what to do um, independently. And you become efficient at it too. So your life gets a little bit easier by the month four, I would say. So what did you start on? So, yeah, so interestingly, I was like (laughs) hospitalized in the beginning of like right before that. Wait, really? Yeah, so so I went to Korea for um, LASIK surgery. I went to Korea for like vacation and then I got LASIK like, you know, like eye correction surgery. And then I got a fungal keratitis. Oh my God. No way. Yeah, and then like... Unbelievable. Yeah, and then I'm supposed to put like um, fungal eye drop every hour. You like, were the ICU Q one hour person. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but this hospital in Korea actually oh had an ophthalmology like service, inpatient service. Okay. So Amazing. like, so nurses were coming in, waking me up like every one or two hours, like putting like eye drops on me, and then they would just like leave, Give and then like close eye on you. yeah, another two hours they would come wake me up and watch. <laughs> Oh my, how are your vitals? Were they good? <laughs> Were you a grumpy patient? What? And, uh, <laughs> what, what no, was I was like, like super nice. Because one time they tried to, they tried to give me like acetazolamide. And then like the nurse noticed that I was the wrong patient. But like, I didn't tell anyone about it. I just oh said, oh my gosh. I just said, I just said, oh, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Because I, I called it out. I was like, why are you putting an IV line on me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just here for fungal keratitis. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't tell that time because they know. They know I was like going into residency, and they like treated treated me way nicer than I guess. Like because I would like ask like oh like ask some medical questions, and they'll be like good question because I'm like reading like thousands of papers about it because I'm like so paranoid. Oh my god! Yeah, with the one good eye though. Yeah, and then I was like, oh my god! I was like, I'm gonna lose my eye. But like, thank God, I my eyes are fine. Do you have good vision? So, you have like, LASIK though, so yeah, like, you don't so, need so, so interestingly, like the part that I had an infection on, um, it didn't, it, it the, the scar wasn't next to the cornea, like uh, no, it's not next to the like the I, I guess like the vision part. So the retina. Yeah, I, no, no, not retina. Like oh. uh, I, I, I wish I, I knew I, my eye. We need Doctor Glock. Any, op- any opto person listening to this is just like, these guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't really know <laughs> the <laughs> anatomy of the eyeball is what they're thinking about. Anyways, like my eyes are fine. Sorry, Doctor Glock. <laughs> sorry, Doctor Glock and Flecken. We're we're your biggest fans, but yeah. Any, sorry, anyway, so like I email like Doctor Zar and the chief and be like hey, I don't know if I can come in right on time because, like, all this, like, ophthalmologists are, like, not letting me go to letting me go to America. They're, like, keeping me captive. And, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then, and then like, Zara was story. like... Yeah, Zara was like, oh, don't worry. Like, you know, we'll switch you off to, like, palliative console service so you can have a chill life and you can, like, kind of, like, see ophthalmologists when, if you need to. And then so like I, I, I couldn't even go to the Czar, uh, Czar's like uh, party. I missed that. And then with the magician. Uh, yeah. And then like I think I was late to like I was like five days out of like orientation. I have to like make up stuff while I was on palliative consult. I mean geriatric consult. 
Yeah. It's a fascinating story. This I was is, not yeah. expecting that at all. Yeah, Marco and I, we, we hear a lot of like great stories, but this one... Like, we thought we peaked cake. at episode two. Yeah. <laughs> this one's rivaling it already. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, but then, so all of that happened. All of that happened, right? You're, you're swimming along, you're feeling comfortable, and then come... February and March, COVID happens. And uh-huh. what what was that like for you? That kind of just getting comfortable, and then uh-huh. and then COVID happening. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was like, I don't know, like, like a lot of things happened within the program because there were a lot of adjustments that need to be made because there are a bunch of COVID patients coming in and all that stuff. And you know, I I'm very like careless person, so I was just like, oh, just you know, COVID whatever like you know because i i talk i talk to my attending be like because he used to say like oh like i'm an hiv era person like aids era person that's like, like yeah and then, and then i'm yeah. like i'm like i'm like yeah like i'm a covid era and then like basically but like i don't know i just like i know there was like a whole like everyone's scared about like oh like if we get this like you hear like some residents dying at the other hospital and stuff um but i was like thinking I know there was like kind of like a fear of like seeing COVID patient even like among ourselves because we had no idea what it entailed getting COVID. But like my opinion was like I went into internal medicine like wanting to do this thing mm. and like ultimately I'm a doctor like I'm not an accountant or anything. So so like you know it's just what I chose and that's my role in the society and you know pro- I protected myself with N95 and uh, I never got COVID by the way. Even though I wasn't uh, COVID ICU, mm, there you and go. some of my coworkers got it, but I don't know. It's crazy, and I'm I was antibody negative too, and I'm not the type of person who's like OCD and clean everything. I was just like wipe my stats and then just like take it home, and then I didn't. I'm not. I wasn't the person who like jump into the shower like right away. Mm. I, I was like, oh, just take it in the morning <laughs> if I go to off, work. Run it away. <laughs> just just change, and then just like I don't know. Maybe some residues on my hair, COVID residue. I don't know. I just wasn't a very careful person, but I still didn't get it. Wow. So did you ever have that moment where you're in COVID ICU or um, your seniors, everyone, administration's like, you got to be careful. You know, everyone's dying left mm-hmm. and right. This really set in that this is happening. Yeah, it was, it was. So I think the worst part about being COVID ICU was like you... You, you so I call my mom and my friends and like tell them about it and they're like so scared what I'm telling them. they're like don't tell me anymore I don't want to hear this you have to keep it all in yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's like sad because like the saddest part about it is the family can't come in because like that was some of, some of the restrictions like no visitors at all and then we had to use like iPad to share the last moment of the patient which was like not the ideal way. So and then telling the patient's family that, you know, I I don't think there is a, you know, um, good chance that this person will survive. And um, I used to say a lot of times, like, maybe it's time to let them go. Yeah. And that's kind of like the hard conversation I had as a as a someone in 20s who knows nothing about death. And so I think that that was pretty sad. Um, but yeah, but. I mean, but, you know, everybody everybody passes away at some point. Some people pass away when they're young. Some people get lucky and live up to 90s. But that's kind of like my philosophy. But, um, yeah, just like accept, just like having to talk to the family members. I think that was the hardest part. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then also like the fear of like COVID just in general um, at the time. Um, Now that we are vaccinated, we were just like, you know, we were less afraid. But at that time, like all the staff were stressed, very stressed and very scared about, you know, the patients and themselves getting hurt. So tough time. And UIC was really, um, we, we had a tough time too with a nurse passing away. Mm-hmm. It was it was very real for everybody, um, and and while this was all going on, you made the transition to PGY two year. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from being in, in a PGY one during COVID, and then you're being asked to lead a team. Mm-hmm. What what was that transition like in taking on more of a leadership role, mm-hmm. um, making that transition when you were already going through a, a very stressful time, mm-hmm. and like. Kind of to piggyback on that, mm-hmm. um, we kind of truncated the learning process for the PGY one, just like you're doing COVID now. Yeah. Um, or you're on the backup. Uh huh. Um, and then you're you're expected to make the big jump, you know, between yeah. one and two yeah. from being the intern where it's kind of almost okay to not know what's mm-hmm. going on to mm-hmm. uh, you you're the leader. Mm. Yeah, that was that was like really hard. I think jumping into PGY one to two was 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 harder than going from med student to intern year. Um, I think because you have to come up with like answers to a lot of things, which which was just hard. You just. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just hard because you are the one who has to come up with everything. When you're an intern, you can rely on your senior. But I mean, as a senior, you can rely on attendings. I text my attendings if I have any questions. Um, and they're like more than happy to like, you know, text me back or call me back. So it's not a big problem. But there's definitely like the like the ownership of the patients um, because... If some orders are not placed, like you're responsible for everything, you're, you're responsible for like a lot of stuff. So that res- responsibility is kind of heavy, yeah. So, do you think in say five ten years, your GI doctor or mm-hmm. hospitalist or you know whatever, uh, were you were you a better doctor because of the pandemic, worse doctor, or uh, mm-hmm. you have to be determined? Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, I think I'll probably be a better doctor. Yeah, cause I I do take pride in what I went through, like not just me, but I'm sure like my entire class because we are the we call I don't know Jeffrey calls it um COVID warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do wow. take a pride that I was part of that COVID ICU, to be honest. Um, it is unfortunate that like during ICU, all I did was COVID <laughs> and ARDS management. Right, right. And yeah. I haven't managed any like DKAs. Um, but, you know, I, I, so we'll find out how I do <laughs> on ICU. Um, I think you'll do great. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be fine, to be honest, because there's attendings and fellows, and um, I can always look things up and ask around if I ever have any questions. Um, but I think, like, what because I went through such tough time, I think tough times only make you stronger. So, 
probably become a stronger attending, <laughs> like mentally, I guess. Yeah. Um, kind of going through the tough times. Uh, what do you think your your darkest moment during residency was? My darkest moment. Hmm. Hmm. Think so. Uh, well, I think there's like couple. Just like I, I guess two. First time is like my personal relationship with this gentleman earlier an intern year, and when that ended, um, because I was really busy hanging out with this person, and then after after I that ended, I. So in the beginning, like I didn't really hang out with a lot of people, and then after that ended, I started hanging out with people, and everything was fine. But because I didn't have that group of friends in the beginning, uh, and having only couple like college friends who are you know married and are in you know having their own like you know life going on, um, I think that was rough because I felt like a little lonely at the time. But because of that. I got out of the bubble and started hanging out with like, going out to parties because I initially I wasn't the girl who like went out to the party when they invited me, and then because <laughs> I had a relationship going on at the at the time who I needed to prioritize. But um, so after that, like I came out, I started hanging out, and I'm pretty much friends with all the residents in my program basically. And then I would say the second time was probably a COVID ICU. Like when I was like calling the patient's family like middle of the night like at like two a.m. telling them like oh I think the end is near um, maybe we should let him go what do you think kind of that kind of dark questions yeah but um, most of the time like maybe it's the way maybe it's just the way I talk to them but they I I haven't had a like I don't know I just had good experience with the family members they were never angry. They took it, like, I'm sure, like, I can't say they took it well, but, like, they took it better than I could imagine. So I think I did fairly good, good job, but it was still the darkest time, yeah. And after all that, you know, going into your third year and having gone through the last year and a couple months of COVID, do you think you've had an opportunity to mm-hmm. to process what's happened? Or mm-hmm. do you still feel like there's a lot of feelings and emotions to kind of to work through as a result of the time? Mm. I would say no, because I, I'm usually very good at like de-stressing myself. And the way I do it is um, I have a very close high school friend that I almost always talk to like every single day, especially during like COVID time. And then I talk to my mom about a lot of stuff. Even though she doesn't understand medical stuff, I explain like in a very like um, elementary way, and I think for me talking to someone is super important to de-stress because if you just like don't say anything and just keep it to yourself, then it's just gonna rot inside of your body, and then you just have to give the pieces of your um, pain to your friends and your family little bits and that's why I told you my friends yeah. were like stop don't tell me this I don't want to hear it and I'm mm-hmm. like no 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 you have to take some of my pain <laughs> <laughs> take some of it that's a hilarious you transactional nature for those of you listening she's making a cup motion and giving out little pieces right now little pieces of pain for everybody I feel it too how about you Marco yeah um, I think we have uh, <laughs> gotta find some other people <laughs> Um, so I, it's, uh, it's a hell of a way to cope, I think. Um, 
but everybody has different way of coping exactly yeah um but i but you know i'm 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 biased but i think this is a very good way to cope because it has worked for me but i don't know i don't know about other people i know some people like to hide it it's just like don't tell any other people um i I don't know do you guys feel that's a good way to cope it's a personality Uh, difference it really is comes down to personality um i think i remember being so busy over the two peaks that I was just going to work and like doing mm-hmm. what I could. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I get off in November. Uh, I haven't had a break in six months. I get on vacation. I don't really even really remember vacation. I was just kind of like mentally numb. And then, you know, we get the vaccine, which is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. We, we start having this, uh, the stories come out of India. Mm-hmm. And then when things are settling down here, we, we're vaccinated. And I see the stories on India. I started getting these, like, palpitations yeah. and, like, activated almost PTSD style. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, something is, like, really off. Mm-hmm. And um, that's honestly when I noticed. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is mentally needs a little bit mm-hmm. more work here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about it with Dr. Zar with our chief's meetings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we ever said, um, are we okay? Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. I feel that I think, silence. Um, and, I, and I think that this has been... I mean, I, I think you'd probably agree this has been very helpful to be able to talk to other people about their experiences as well. Yeah. I mean, it's been really, it's been a, mm-hmm. a real being able to, mm-hmm. to share that. Yeah. I think uh, there is, when you listen back to the other episodes, um, it just kind of came out, honestly. Hmm? It, it, when you listen, uh, I'll send you the other episodes, oh, okay. but when you listen, uh, these things just, kind of come out because mm-hmm. we, this is what we've gone through in mm-hmm. a time where we're supposed to be training learning all these broad skills to help us you know tackle mm-hmm. anything yeah Even when you're a gi doctor you should you know you still know your basic endocrinology your basic yeah, cardiology and um all of a sudden we we're thrust thrusted into a humanitarian crisis and critical care <laughs> whether we liked it or not um so it's uh, a unique training experience uh, that most generations won't go through. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any questions for us? I still got a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we always ask, yeah. but we never get them. <laughs> um, so when you're going through uh, your training right now, have you had that moment where? you realize, you know, I can handle anything that comes my way. Mm. Like, I felt strong? Is no. That what uh, I don't get your question. More so that, you know, you can, you have this mental feeling that you can handle mm-hmm. any sort of um, medical task that's needed. Uh, you don't, you're not afraid to... Oh. Mm. I guess, like, I... There's a couple times I, so I felt like confident, I guess. 
um, there's a couple times I, as a second year on liver, I like ran my own RRT. <laughs> Basically, like having the nurse like, don't worry, <laughs> let's get the rainbow labs. <laughs> we don't need to call RRT. <laughs> And then, like, my, like, interns, like, we're, like, and I'd be, like, later, like, do you really want us to call this? But, like, we, like, figured everything out. And then by the time the attending comes, he's, like, he, he like, the liver attending was, like, oh, I'm impressed that you, like, figured everything out <laughs> before I got there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we didn't call the RT. We just, like did everything i mean my intern like rolled a patient down to like ct scan <laughs> oh wow you literally did everything. yeah, what, yeah. Wait, what was going we on we literally that? did everything what, what did you figure out what was going on oh no it was just like a um altermental status from um like uh the the what is it oh, ammonia yeah. yeah, hepatic encephalopathy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, but you know, like we always have to rule out like stroke because they're more prone to bleed regardless of their ammonia. So, and then, and then, you know, make sure they're like protecting their airway. So, just get all the labs. Um, and then, yeah, bring it out to CT and just, you know, you know, just you just have to like let everyone, all the staff understand that, you know, this patient is protecting their airway. And does it meet the ICU criteria? You know, no need to call RT because of you know we can we can figure everything out. And then the nurse nursing was like really helpful. I mean, she was already in step down, so she had the best nursing. Um, so everything was fine. Yeah, she didn't have stroke, so all good. <laughs> cool as a cucumber, I love it. Yeah, no, Doctor Shin, you'll do good. Yeah. In the and then just yeah. put that put that you know the top off. Right before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Through the, like, five yeah, feet yeah, away, yeah, just throw it yeah, in. Yeah, in, like, five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what's your favorite moment of residency so far? Favorite moment? I would say, like, whenever... Well, I can't think of anything, like, remote, but, like, very recently... Um, also, I was on liver. Like, my intern and I really wanted to discharge this guy who been there for almost like a month and he was um, dialysis dependent but his blood pressure couldn't tolerate so he was always on the slow dialysis or like he really needed dialysis then he would have to go to ICU for pressers and so he's he's hospital bound basically he's never going to escape hospital he's never going to be discharged he's just going to pass away in the hospital um, at some point in his life because he's just going to be living there but, you know, at all at the end, he wanted to do, like, home hospice. He really wanted to go home, spend time with his family. And we obviously supported that. And then his ride was coming at, like, 3. And then at, like, 1, 1 o'clock, we got his, um, what's it called? The the Plurex for his mm-hmm. ascites. And the, you know, they were, you know, we, we, we really didn't want him to miss this ambulance because the family actually... Um, paid for the ambulance which is like thousands of dollars and so my intern and i went to the short stay and we we wheeled him back uh on his and we had no idea how to wheel this thing so we were like bending our knee we didn't know how to elevate the bed so he and i were just like and then like we saw like this random like guy with the blue scrub he probably knows how to like manipulate those stuff and he like stopped us he was like you're gonna break your back and go to ortho and then so he started like pressing this button and then it just like came elevated and we like put him back in the room and then we were like yay 
<laughs> and then he got this I ended up coming at four so it didn't oh, matter great. but like my when my intern told me that that was his best moment of the rotation because he was there for the patient not just medical reasons but just like there for the patient and just advocating for the patients um and when he told me that he really enjoyed that moment i i was happy because not not just not i agree with the my intern how what he felt was what i felt but i also on top of that i enjoy that my intern enjoyed it because that's my i need to make sure my intern has good experience and yeah and then also i love when my intern started like copying what i say because <laughs> when i do yeah and when i do um when i sign out i usually say oh this patient is chilling because there's nothing to do overnight and then i when i started realizing my interns are starting say to say to cross oh this patient's chilling i'll be like that's my intern <laughs> and then i just get happy like i could i like teaching i like this teamwork stuff yeah i love it and and you know i think um so much of what you've described is part of the culture of, of where we work. Mm-hmm. If you could describe UIC internal medicine mm-hmm. to somebody mm-hmm. on the street, what adjective would you use? Mm. Or noun. It could be, I guess it could be a yeah. verb too. Whatever. What word would you use? What, 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 what uh-huh. word would you use? Mm. I would say support. Yeah. Because. Um, you know, obviously the hospital is being funded by um, the state and our patient population is low economic social you know, class. Um, we often run into a lot of like um, crazy situations, like social, you know, with the patients and also um, just overall, um, we get a lot of like, you know, um, special patients and because of that, like our, our workload isn't easy. Um, and But because of that, we learn so much and we have so much autonomy, which I really appreciate. Um, I think at the end of graduating, we'll probably be like super like, I don't know, competent, all the residents. But um, because of that, we we understand each other so well and we are supportive of each other. Like we, I never, I don't, I've never seen anyone who's like selfish. Um, we always like try to help each other because we know how stressful residency is. And I think the support with each other um, is super important because you can just like trust each other when you notice that we care about each other. We like, yeah, it's like tight relationship with the residency itself. Yeah. That's great. That's good. Uh, my last question. Um, what are you looking forward to most in the, in the near future? Your future. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm excited to um, do a PGY four year. <laughs> That's something I'm looking Chief forward year? to. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Shin will be one of our yeah. future chiefs. Um, and just like learn from just learning like admin stuff. I'm very curious what it entails. Um, and you know doing um, part of the leadership of the residency and I want to do well and I want to you know I want to see what entails (laughs) you tell me (laughs) tell me (laughs) you'll find out (laughs) you'll find out next year (laughs) I need a preview oh man well uh, Dr. Shin any last thoughts final thoughts 
last thoughts. I guess for those who are applying, I always say like um, earlier I, I said I wanted to go home and um, I ended up not going home. But I, you know, I always tell my medical students that where you end up is where you're gonna end up. Like, don't worry about like matching and all your rank system. You will just end up where you have to end up, and you will you will enjoy whatever experience you will have because you were just meant to be there. Yeah. Destinations. Excellent. Yeah. Destiny. Uh, you gotta follow Claire's or Doctor Instagram. So Claire we get one one more shout out for the Claire Cooks on Instagram. Check it out. Um, I don't have anything else. Um, Claire, thank you for joining us. Um, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I thought we peaked at Laura. Um, <laughs> Marco's just—he's <laughs> ranking in his head. You'll, you'll listen to it. It's great. He's fantastic. Um, but. Left punch, right punch, great story. Good <laughs> job. Let's go. Uh, I had a lot of fun. This was great. Now Marco's got to go back to the ice. Yeah. <laughs>